Kalis is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Welcome back to the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm Finister. I'm your host, as always. Wanted to start the show off real quick before we jump into everything. If you like the show, go ahead and give us a rating on Spotify and Apple. Recently, usually every time we play Austin, I get, a, I get hit with a couple of one stars. And that's fine. It just means I'm doing my job. But here with me today is... I mean, I feel like if I called you my favorite guest co-host, it might offend people, but it's kind of how I feel. So my favorite guest co-host, Sean Ringrose from Gen Orange is here. What's up, Sean? Uh, what's up, Finn? No, I, I'm your favorite because I'm a Spurs fan. I mean, that's just the easiest, like, easiest way to fall in love with somebody, right? <laughs> it's, that's one of the ways, yeah. Uh, if, I had to, if I had to give a reason why you're my favorite... Your candor, for as for as vulgar as I can be, you are equal. You are equal in candor, and you're always going to be honest, which is what I love. I can uh, I can dish it out as much as I uh, can receive it in, in more ways than one. Which is not it's not always true of people. No, it's not. Not, not I don't know if there's know a if lot you, of takers and very few really givers out there. Yeah. I mean, I was I was going to segue into a topic we don't have, which I don't really want to talk about. But <laughs> my Reddit, Reddit, I'm, I'm done with Reddit. I don't know if that was you or Mark I was talking to, but I'm done with Reddit. Can't win over there. Yeah, I don't know if that was me. That's probably Mark, but it might. I think, I think it was all. It's been a few days. I think it was all Marky Mark. <laughs> so I have Austin ratings is the first thing, but we're going to move that. We're going to jump right into the fucking headline today and if you don't want to talk about it that's fine because i understand some people don't want to mix personal feelings with soccer podcast but roe v wade is apparently going to be overturned and abortion rights are going to be granted to the states and i posted on twitter i guess it's something positive which means it won't get a lot of publicity that it's it's i cannot believe i can believe this but why are men making that why was it written by justice alito Samuel Alito. I don't understand why something to do with women was written by a man. And I'm, I'm a pro-choice person. Uh, there are some beliefs I have in terms of what you should do. And I don't think abortion is a form of birth control. But I mean, until I've been placed in that situation, I don't know. But I'm a little bit frightened for what's going to happen. Like I was walking up the stairs and I started thinking, could the Roe v. Wade situation be worse than January 6th? Like, does it have that potential? Because it's it affects half of the country, regardless of their age and if they vote or not. Do you have any thoughts you want to share on this, Sean? Not really, to be honest. No, I figured that's fine. That's fine. But yeah, man, I'm that's not. That's one of the few topics I really don't like. I just I don't have um, my opinion on this. Doesn't have any bearing on anything, exactly. and it's not. No matter what I say, it's not a valid opinion because. And I guess that in and of itself is kind of an opinion, right? Because I'm saying that, you know, women should have the choice for themselves to make. It's their bodies. It's their right. And leave it at that. Like nothing else should dictate that. Yeah, no, that's I agree with you 100 percent. So 
that's all we're going to spend on the abortion topic. It's just, that's what I woke up to. Like I sat down to do some stuff on the computer on 6.30 and I turned on the news and fucking there it is. I was like, oh joy, I guess it's going to be a hard day to get anything in on Twitter. So uh, Sean, why don't you give us your rundown? Jen Orange, Wednesdays at 7.30, but you do it better than me, so go ahead. Right, Jen Orange, 7.30, uh, Wednesdays, we'll go till 9 p.m. Uh, for those that didn't hear, uh, we have officially uh, eclipsed the 100 subscriber mark on YouTube, which means we now have youtube.com slash Generation Orange Show uh, as our official URL for YouTube. Uh, and uh, last week, we actually had on uh, Jen Cooper from Keeper Notes, who... Anybody who follows women's soccer knows who that who knows who that is. Um, big name in women's soccer. Really, really excited to have her on last week. And uh, to be honest, our viewership numbers proved it. So uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was. I got the. Uh, I think I got in about eight o'clock. I had what was I doing? Something a date? Oh, I was doing. I interviewed Mike Chabala that night, the same night as you. I did an interview with Chabala, and she was so good. And she, I, I like her. I like her a lot, mostly because like. The tattoo story was pretty good, but she just doesn't hold back. And you guys had the perfect guest and the perfect topic lined up with everything going on with the dash and the, the allegations against James Clarkson. I thought it was a great show and your listenership. Hey, it's been up every episode as compared to when I first started watching last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's no accident that uh, I was able to get Jen on that week. Um, you know, I am very particular to some extent on when I choose to try to pull certain people. Um, and uh, yeah, as soon as the news kind of broke, uh, I was already hitting up Jen like, hey, I've been, you know, I've been saving this Trump card, <laughs> been waiting to play my card here. You said you'd come on. And she was like, yeah, I've got the time. Let's do it. I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. And then the irony, I think, is by Mark not being able to hop on right away, it <laughs> kind of made it better because she and I, she and I, were able to go back and forth, and then he was able to come in with some questions of his own. So, yeah, yeah and she was, never froze; she didn't freeze either. No, yeah, it's amazing how a real internet connection uh, actually makes a huge difference for people. Uh, I don't know if you figured that out yet, but uh, it does. We've just stopped using the video. That's all we're doing. Yeah, no more yeah, video. No, it's just voice only, which sucks because I miss seeing your face. Now I did one with Rudy, and we did the video, and it was uh. It was kind of nice. I don't we, miss we could, seniors. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, I'd love for you to, Look, bro, gonna, you, gonna, you pitch the ball meatball style down the center of the plate. What do you expect me to do? Just watch it go by? Oh, fuck no. I'm swinging for the fences. See the new see the new setup? I had to try the video on. See the new, uh, I see the I new haircut. That's what I see. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. It's just back, dude. It's just in a bun. I, I, uh, I was about to say, bro, off. you're... You, yeah, that's what I was Hell about to say, no. man. Did you suddenly no. get bald on me with those? Okay, that makes nope. more sense. Yeah, yeah, no way, sense. man. I'm not cutting my hair. I am not cutting my hair at all. I fucking love it. So you were at the Austin game, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How? How? Was. I watched it on TV. How did I was you at feel Frisco, up? too? I traveled I know to that. Frisco, too. And you drove on your own. Well, not on my own. I, dr- I rode up with uh, a couple of the search guys, but yeah. Not on the bus. Not we on didn't the take bus. the bus. Yeah, that was, that was kind of like a better move, I think, on our part. But- Especially considering the result, considering the result, I would not want to be on a bus for that long. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck this trip. I would go to the airport and just fly home. That was. Mm, You'd be there just as long as it would take to drive back, to be honest. I know. By the time you factor in airport security and everything else, you're just driving it. So you might as well drive it. True. But I I don't, I don't want to talk about the Dallas game. You were were there. Because. The Frisco trip that had nothing to do with the match. 
I don't know. I'm Sean. I'm not correcting you. I'm just saying. I because of the memo thing, the memo goal. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. It's frustrating as fuck. And then, but was it a goal? I think it was. <laughs> it but wasn't. I'm biased. It I'm wasn't. biased. It wasn't. But, I mean, nobody can agree. So. Well, correct. And, and hold on, we are going to talk about it now because you brought it up and now I can't ignore not talking about it. Right. So here's why it's not a goal because there's no, no definitive camera angles. To say right. Otherwise, right. No, I so, know. I know. And that needs to be the topic, not was it a goal or was it not a goal, but the reason it wasn't a goal, you know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't a goal because we were in at they were inadequately prepared. They didn't know if it was, so they couldn't overturn it because they didn't have clear evidence. Now I get, I get it with the instant replay. I know why it is, hey. but how do you not have a fucking camera there? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. So, it's it's frustrating because you know obviously ESPN has the goal line camera for every match that they broadcast. So I don't understand. It's Frisco though. Let's be honest. I don't expect I mean, much you know, out of Frisco. You know, I heard Pringle sales are up though. So that's what's important. I heard bitches were up too, but that's a totally different topic entirely. Bitches are up. What does that mean? Well, because you know. Bitches are up. What did I do? What I did mean, you do? We were, we were in Frisco, bro. I mean, do I need to say any more? I'm not picking up what you're putting down, my man. It's all right. Move on to the next topic. <laughs> okay. So the Austin match here in Houston, I was thinking, dude, this we're going to have a lot of people there. It's going to no. be a good atmosphere. No. No. And then See, I turn on the TV and it's like, what the fuck? It looked like a Wednesday night game versus San Jose. Yeah. So there were a couple of things that we had going against us. Number one, it was Astro season opener weekend. A home true, opener weekend. True. That kills because traffic sucks. Downtown sucks. There's plenty of other entertainment options. It's always going to hurt us. The second thing was that uh, like the little bit of rain beforehand was like, terrible or that kind of the like drizzly overcastness was terrible but it was the like humidity combined with the heat say what you will that heat index might as well have been 99 someone who stood in that for 90 minutes can tell you that was roughly 99 degrees that entire everybody who showed up for the sg section we were literally just dead by the like 10th minute i heard they didn't give y'all waters no normally we do have cold waters ice cold waters waiting up uh it was not intentional. It was an accident, a uh, logistical, you know, oh, yeah. mishap, but, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a normal thing. And uh, it was not well received by anybody <laughs> to say the least to not have waters there. Cause when you're selling waters at five fifty, basically a pop for the same water that we usually get for free uh, that, that is, you know, and we need, we're yeah. sweating, you know, and we're, we're, we're dehydrating very fast. So we are buying waters left and right. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I mean, I was outside that day and I was, I heard uh, somebody was talking about it, about they didn't get the waters. It was, it was hot and it's not even the hot as it's going to be, but it was a midday game. Well, that's the thing, right? So it was a 1230 kickoff, which is when the sun is directly overhead. So, you know, basically it doesn't matter for the, for the supporters, because the only time that the sun isn't really beating down on us is like a 530, 630 PM kickoff or later. Yeah. where we only are in there for like 30 minutes to an hour before the sun goes down. But a 12:30 kickoff, it was the heat the hottest part of the day going through the entire match and it was directly on us. Like there was no cloud cover. There was a Kate like a very occasional cloud cover and trust me that was a respite from like the rest of the match, but 
Yeah. I mean, we were just even even, you know, EB were gassed. I mean, you could tell and it had nothing to do with the scoreline and everything to do with how hot and how humid and how just absolutely exhausting it was to be in that type of, uh, you know, uh, not even atmosphere, but just that type of like weather. The weather. Uh, yeah. You know, and, you know the, Austin, so, the Austin guys had to go through it, too, it looked like. Not as much, though, because of where they were as the sun was going down, it got oh, like the angle that they were at gave them more and more cut co- like it gave them not more and more cover, but it gave them a better like a, be- a less it, intense, a less intense. Yeah, it was definitely less intense on their side. And I'm sure they would argue that, oh, it was just the same, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a shit. Austin um, fans argue. No, never. Yeah, well, never. only on Twitter, only on tw- only on social media. Uh they don't argue Ooh. to your face. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, and a lot of people have called it out, uh, you know, the attendance for that match because, uh, you, you know, because it's it kind of the first, and it's also our first big match of the season. I think if you really look at our schedule, you know, in terms of home matches, it's our first real big home match. And, you know, and the other thing is, I think we're to that point of the season where it's going to be a lull in attendance for a few months, you know, for a couple months. And then Hector gets here and it's going to boom right back up again. Um, you know, and and I think it also has something to do with the fact that there was a lot of crap being thrown out by Austin fans and a lot of threats that were being made all around. And, you know, some of the people who attend Dynamo matches, much to everybody's shock, are families. And, you know, I know of, a, you know, a few people within, you know, within the supporters groups that they either didn't bring their whole family like they normally would or they, you know, they didn't bring their kids like they would, you know, because of that, just because of the concern of what might go down. Did you, uh, did you catch my banger over the weekend? Uh, no, I really didn't watch much of Twitter all weekend. I, any, anytime we're going to be going against Austin, I'm basically muting Twitter for 48 hours. So here's what I said. <clears throat> I said, dear Austin FC, when you visit Houston, please do not talk shit or the pitch will not be the only place you get fucked up. I mean this seriously for real. Shh. And then I shushed them. That got what? 36,000, 37,000 impressions um and they thought i was calling for violence and i was as you know i was stating a fact and uh it was a lot like there was other stuff that went on this the one i posted it got of course negative but it's okay um there was a lot that went on but i didn't really see any actual i had an a couple austin fans say i'll fuck you up if i see you and it's like all right well you won't because i'm not going to be there but but I didn't really see any threats aside from the one that was interpreted as one that I, I put out there. Did, did you see any Austin fans up there? Were there any issues at all? There were a couple of very minor issues um, that happened after the match. Um, to my knowledge, there was nothing that happened during the match or before the match. Um, to be fair, I think it definitely helped uh, that the majority of the Austin fans were bust in and bust out. So the majority of them, you know, much like our trip to Frisco, they were, you know, they were kind of cordoned off. Uh, I think that definitely helped, but there were a lot of Austin fans who solo went up as well. Um, but I could say probably 98 to 99% of those Austin fans that solo drove up were that, you know, were chill as fuck. 
like legitimately yeah. not an issue. You know, the surge walked by handfuls of them at a time with absolutely no, you know, absolutely no, nothing, you know, nothing whatsoever. They were very respectful. Um, and, and I think ultimately it, it comes down to, you know, there are, there's a substantial number of Austin. I wouldn't even call them fans at this point. Cause I don't even know how many of them actually go to their own team's games, but a number of Austin followers that their whole time, you know, is spent on social media, riling up opposing teams, fans. And uh, I mean, know, I, I do that, Sean, that's kind of my thing. You're nowhere near on their level and you're not very good at it, to be honest, but uh, it's, hurt, it's hurtful. There's a, hey, there's a lot hey, of people in hey, Austin that would disagree. Hey, I, you, you said I throw it down like I, like I, like I do, and I, I will throw it down. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, Austin fans have, uh, you know, especially those fans in particular, and they know who they are. Those fans just have a knack for a being relentless in their approach, and then b understanding the absolutely you know absolute worst thing that you can do and doing it you know there there's a perfect example of this is it was four or five weeks ago like it was a while back there was a guy who used to be part of one of the supporters groups who went out and tweeted a snapshot screenshot from a private chat supporting you know offering to to you know put money forward to help out the guy who had his trumpet supposedly stolen i do believe he had his trumpet stolen and and the guy screenshot that to try to make a point and shared it on social media to try to make a point that, you know, oh, look, you know, even these guys are afraid of EB. And it's like <laughs> your point has gone completely away from anybody understanding what you're trying to make the point about. But then B, it was like you've just outed yourself as a complete bitch, complete and utter bitch. You you screenshot a private chat that you had, you know, that absolutely should never have. And that's exactly what I anticipate from that certain section of Austin fans. They think that nothing is off limits. They think that everything is fair game. And the reality is when you start going down that route, you better be prepared because snitches, uh, snitches get stitches, bitch. You know, I do notice they have I'm not condoning had... violence. Just so we're clear. I'm not condoning violence, but no, I know you start that's... going that route. You're asking for shit because you know that here's the thing. And I, I don't believe you should have to fight unless you absolutely have to. There's times where it is, it's going to happen. But it, I, Austin has continual problems at road matches with issues. And at some point, it's like, hey, are, you're, maybe you're the asshole. Like we under, we, I know we have a supporter section that is, is aggressive, right? So do you. You guys, you guys are all fucking aggressive. There's like six or seven dudes from EB that talk any shit on Twitter at all. And I, that's, I only know of two. I only know of two more because somebody told me their names or three more. So there's not many, but like the Austin universe, it's all they fucking do. It's all they do. No, so no, no big issues. That's good. I was hoping there wouldn't be. You know, I don't condone violence either. However, there are people that look for it. And if you go looking for it, you're going to find it, especially on the road. Now you were at the Dallas game. Did you see anything with this? Um, we're going backwards with this, this nonsense. Of, I know, but we're out, we're talking about <laughs> issues and shit. And this nonsense with children being attacked 
by Dynamo supporters? Yeah. So because we rode up separately, uh, you know, the parking lot that they that we we parked in is the blue lot or the green lot, which is a good ways from the actual main parking lot where the buses load and offload. And really what it stems from is on the way out, uh, the security guards, basically the secure security that were escorting the EB and, and the surge and TA out and independent supporters that traveled. Um, they basically stopped escorting them at the exit of the stadium. Yeah. And then they I said, all right, that. there's your buses, go to your buses. And, you know, that's all fine and well, but in doing so, there were Frisco fans that basically lined that entire walk up to the bus. And this is not like we're talking, oh, the buses were at the curb. The buses were literally probably, I would say, 50 to 60 to 70 yards away. And, you know, again, you had and it wasn't a lot of Frisco fans. It was a handful, you know, that basically were were on either side of, of the supporters groups and they were talking shit. And, you know, and you're doing it in a situation that was a very tense match. To, you know, the ending of that match was incredibly tense. And it was a situation where you already had, you know, pissed off people within the supporters groups. And instead of Frisco making sure that their security guys escorted the groups to the rest of the way to the bus, they stopped them at the entrance or the exit to the stadium. Yeah, shit's going to pop off in the parking lot. I mean, come on. That's that's just basic common sense and logic like you know, anybody would know that's going to be the case. You know, what's crazy is at the end of the day, there's people who are willing to fight over a game played by other people. Well, and here's the thing you said, so I'm going to interject because this is important. You said kids, I want it to be very clear because I've talked to surge, you know, surge members that were in the general vicinity and able to see what went down. I've talked to a couple of EV guys. They can use the word children all they want. But these were teenagers. These kids, kids, if you want to call them that, were no younger than 16 years old. So you can't tell me they're children. At that age, they're in high school. At that age, they're football players or, you know, I guess in Frisco, they play lacrosse, whatever. But they're still, you know, they're still athletes. These are not these are not individuals that should be protected simply because they're doing stupid things. So we're not out there like kicking toddlers no these were not toddlers these were not 10 year olds or 12 year olds that can't defend themselves you know these weren't families this was a group of unescorted no matter what the person says on on social media these were unescorted uh teenagers who are out there talking shit and you know to be fair you talk shit you need to learn a lesson let's be real you know especially if you're going to talk shit in a situation where there's no security there to protect you like you know, again, logic, common sense. These are not these are not hard things to learn or understand. But if you're going to, you know, you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. It's as simple as that. You know, and I think for the, back- and for the one guy that they have the picture of, and I don't know if it's circulated elsewhere, but I've seen it. You know, there's a guy in the back of an ambulance who's a Frisco fan. You know, you could fully tell that this guy is, you know, he's either a dad of somebody, you know, who was trying to get involved to protect his kid. I guess I don't know. Or, you know, or he was just an idiot that didn't know any better, didn't know what to expect. But, you know, you just see him in the back of the van. He doesn't even look like he literally has a scrape on his arm. That's what they're treating. You know, it's not like the guy is sitting there bleeding from his head or something. So I I, I have some serious like, OK, let's back the train up before we start getting real heavy into the oh, my God, they, you know, they beat this guy's ass. No, they literally defended their you know, their right to walk down a pathway without getting yelled at. 
You know, I think back to when I was 16, like when I was 16, I thought I was like fucking invincible, right? If, if you're 16 or 17, 18, 19, us adults, we have this thing called grown man strength. And it's a real thing because at 16 years old, if I fought 40 year old me, I would fuck 16 year old me up. Like I know this without a doubt. So for these you see little 16-year-old kids or 17, 18 that think you are hot shit, if you're going to go after a grown man, you better already know how to throw your hands. Like, because it's they think they're invincible, man. They they are not. Yes, they need to be taught a lesson. But I'm still like, we gotta fucking fight over this. Like, there's like important things going on. Like, right, like Russia is go has invaded Ukraine, which you barely hear about now. But there's important shit going on, and we're fighting over a game that we didn't even play in. It fucking blows my mind when I when like when I step back and I look at it, like like all of this is it's a fucking game, like all of it. It but and we're fighting over it. It's like come on. But you yeah, know, I, I think you know, and I I mentioned this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, or actually it was yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago supposedly, roughly. Um, you know, I think people need to remember when it comes to soccer, and again, I'm not condoning violence or anything like that, but. When it comes to soccer, this is a game that's that hinges and swings on a single kick of a ball. You know, it, it's not you don't see that same thing in American football very often. It doesn't always come down to just a field goal at the end of the game. In soccer, it's more often than not going to come down to a single kick of the ball. So tensions are a lot higher in soccer because you're much more on the edge of your seat more consistently than you are in an American football game or in a basketball game where it rarely comes down to the final shot. And I, I just think it's, it's really intriguing to me how few people want to recognize that is part of what leads to this. And then the fact that, again, security does not do their job adequately for the completion of the time that you know, away traveling supporters are in attendance. And, you know, I mean, I, this is all I'm going to say about the Frisco thing. And I, this is important. Frisco security didn't need to do anything at halftime or before the match. There were no issues. In fact, the supporter sections, even though we went to the supporter section and we were in the supporter section, we were allowed to walk around the stadium. There were no issues throughout the entirety of the match until that period where there were fans, Frisco fans on either side of the street or the walking area that were basically yelling and being very, very upfront and aggressive in the way they were doing it to EB members there. Even at halftime, I went and hung out with a couple of Frisco fans that I happened to know and had no issues. And we were right next to literally right next to the, the away traveling supporter section. And I can tell you that three or four of them are El Matador guys. So you can't tell me that, you know, that this could have been avoided. It simply comes down to the fact that escalated tension and people being aggressive in how they approached and how they were demonstrating because it's starting to, it's really starting to chat my ass how they attract people try to portray us as this shitty bunch of hooligans and we're, we're fucking not, but this is how they're, we're trying to be portrayed. And it, it's really starting to aggravate me because I'm seeing it. I saw it from, was it Phil West? The fucking, the striker. He wrote an article that basically just bad mouthed us and talked about what happened seven months ago with the trumpet and alleged assault. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because let's get a couple fucking things straight. And I know Phil West doesn't listen to this, but that was a shit piece of journalism because there was no fucking proof. 
There, nobody was arrested. No charges were officially you know, pressed on anybody. There was no finding of guilty. Now, I know. Did it happen? Probably. Oh, it, it, it happened. There's no, it definitely yeah. happened. But if you're going to report on it, don't fucking report on speculation because as much as we're going to say it definitely happened at the end of the day, legally, it did not. Yeah, but I, I think the other side of that, right, is, and I, yeah, I'm going to defend Phil West in this particular instance. I normally, uh, Phil and I have, you know, I've talked to him before. He's a cool guy. But at the same time, right, if he reaches out to guys from EB and he interviews them, how can he validate or verify what they say is true or accurate? You know, so it is a one-sided he said, she said kind of thing, or he said, he said, because who can you actually validate with? Like you said, there's no charges levied. You know, so it's accusations at best, but at the same time, it is his responsibility as a reporter to cover it. So I kind of get where he's coming from, but I do think that it, it is an unfair situation. And I think, honestly, the, the bigger issue I have in general with the way that reporting is and the way that media cover Dynamo fans in general, and, and, and this is more about EB, is that EB has garnered sometimes fairly sometimes not a reputation for being aggressive and rabid and violent but i think at the same time there's also this assumption that everybody in eb is that way and i put this out on twitter because i felt that this needed to be said i know a lot of these eb guys i've gotten to know them over the last three or four seasons in particular but especially these last two or last three and i can tell you that 99 of the guys in eb and you know the ladies too are chill as hell and like amazing people to hang out with and just, you know, talk to and, and whatever. But at the same time, if somebody's yelling, you know, and being aggressive at me, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to turn around and walk away with the tail between my legs. If you're coming at me aggressive, you better expect that I'm going to be willing to probably throw, throw hands. And that is what people seem to not grasp. If you're coming aggressive at somebody, especially people in EB or people in any of these supporters groups, you better be ready for the, you know, for the consequences. And, and, th- and that is not talked about enough. So let's, I'm going to go somewhere that maybe you've thought, but Austin and Dallas painting Houston as such a shitty place to play a soccer match. Do you think maybe this is all part of the world cup bid that this no, could be? Absolutely not. There's no conspiracy with that. What it was, actually, the person who who initially started tweeting about what happened with the Frisco guys, that the person who who posted the Reddit post that went up was somebody from Austin. It wasn't a Frisco fan. It was an Austin fan. Hmm. Hmm. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know. You know, even Frisco fans were like, no, this is bullshit. Like, you know. So speaking of the trumpet player. I got a message on Reddit after it happened because he listened to the episode. He was like, I, I defended him and I, I, I wasn't with EB. Okay. Right before the Austin match, there's another guy saying that it was him. So have you, you might know this name. It's like Hasta Verde Muerta. The name sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't think I know who they are offhand. Oh, Anyway, he's passing himself off as the guy that was attacked. Totally different username. Totally different account history. Like, I went back and looked, and these, these guys are fucking impersonating people who may or may not have been assaulted while in Houston. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's a little fucking insane. 
Look, I, I, you know, like I said earlier, it, it comes down to the fact that there's a certain section of Austin fans that believe that nothing is off limits and everything is acceptable to them. And then they get all butthurt when they get what's coming to them. And I still, I think it could be a, uh, a governmental bid to get us out of the world cup governmental plot <laughs> the city Absolutely of Austin not. and fucking Absolutely Dallas, not. man, you really, you wouldn't put it past people to do that. No, I really would not. I absolutely would not. Austin has no has no dog in the race. So what would they care? And Austin, because we're Houston. Austin hate Frisco as much. Hell, Austin may hate Frisco more than they hate us. To be totally honest, they they don't like Frisco. You know, they don't like us. They don't like Frisco. Austin. Look, the truth of the matter is, Austin is hated by every fan base in MLS at this point. I can tell you that because I've spoken with a lot of people from all of them. Everybody yeah. hates Austin fans. Like, Everybody it, fucking it's hates unilateral. And and so, uh, you know, they can campaign all they want, I guess. But at the end of the day, nobody's buying half the crap that they're laying out because why would anybody at this point? We know that they're full of shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So we have now lost back to back to in-state teams by a score of two to one. And I was browsing a social media platform. And people are beginning to doubt Nagamora. They're starting to doubt Paulo. At the same time, there's people who I respect, like Victor Ariza, who said, give the man the resources and let's actually let him see what he can do. I'm kind of in the middle here. I'm not even close to being like, we should get a new manager. No. Absolutely not. I'm not even at the point where I'm doubting him. Maybe a little bit on a couple of things. A few things. Not a lot. But I also feel like he's been given a few good parts. And I think that where we are right now, I, I don't think we're a seventh place team. I think that we're realistically ninth or tenth. I think that's the quality we have in the squad right now. And I think that this most recent run, one point from three matches, and we had six of our first nine games at home, I think we've kind of fucked ourselves a little bit. And I think Paulo's been given pretty good tools. Like, what do you think about all this? I vehemently disagree. Uh, <laughs> uh, With which part? With which all part? of it. Every last bit of it. No. Um, oh, this will be good. <sighs> There's a couple of things at play here. Number one, he, you know, Paolo and, and Pat and Asher, and you have to kind of lump that all of that together, inherited a roster that has multiple years of built up piles of poo that have to be slowly scraped off. Uh, MLS mechanisms do not allow you to just go out and completely replace every person on your roster. Um, you know, guys like, uh, you know, guys like, uh, like memo guys like uh you know in, in a way guys like um don't say uh, soren he just resigned no, L- lundkvist uh i like he, him I, I know i'm not i'm not saying these are bad players by any stretch but i'm saying if you want to upgrade positions it's more difficult to do in the current situation because you don't have a lot of allocation money to work with you don't have a lot of roster slots to work with draft picks are kind of useless when it comes to MLS. Like you don't see teams very often trading for a high draft pick or even a, 
you know, nobody's trading a player for a second round draft pick unless it's a, you know, it's a player that you're discarding that nobody else wants. Uh, and then on top of that, we're still paying for the misgivings and the mistakes of like signing Christian Ramirez and signing Corey Bird. And, you know, Corey Bird is not a Paolo or Pat decision. He was here before they got here. Um, and so, you know, there, and that is a player that we can both agree with is not performing to expectations, no. but at the same time is also being played out of position. It is not his natural position to play winger. And here we are trying to make him a winger because we don't have a better option right now on the bench other than Tiaguino. We got to see him in like 10 minutes in, in the match against Austin. And I didn't think he was terrible, but he's not match fit ready for a full 90. He, I don't even think he's match fit ready for a full, full 45. He did it um, versus RGV. Yeah, but that's different. You, you know, USL players play at a different speed than MLS players do. It's um, true, but and, it was 90 versus a professional it, it, team. It's still, it's still different. In America. It's very, very different. It's, it's a different pace. It's different. Uh, and, I, you know, it, 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 he's got a lot of different help. You know, he's going against high school, not high school, but he's going against guys fresh out of high school in, in a lot of cases uh, or guys that are coming out of college that aren't good enough to be in MLS. They're not fast enough. Um, with that said, though, you know, I would I, I would say that on the whole, I think the team is actually performing pretty well. You look at so far who our losses have been against with the exclusion of SKC, which, again, I talked it up to a fluke, fluke goal at the beginning of the season. We've lost to Frisco and we've lost to Austin. And that's it on the season. That's it. You know, uh, again, other than SKC, who are and, in second, second and fourth place, respectively. Uh, exactly. And so this is my point is that we've lost to good teams. and. As much as I don't want to admit it, yeah, Austin has a decent team. Now, I will say that they also benefited from the fact that we were without Vera. That absence was very notable, especially deep into the first half uh, when Austin started to be able to get pressure. That is a player who helps kill pressure. Are um, Austin are Austin a second-place team? Oh, absolutely not. There's no okay. way in hell they're a second-place team in this league. And I think if you look at the teams that they've played and how they've played the majority of their matches, it susses out that, yeah, that's pretty much the case. Their wins came up against us and came against two bottom feeder teams uh, or three bottom feeder teams. And two of those matches were blowouts where they won 5-0 in the like or 5-1. Yeah, in that the was crazy. The season. That was crazy. So you take away those two matches to start the season and their season looks very, very different. They're a middle team at best. Now, with that said, I think they have the talent to be a much better team. But I think that the way that they employ certain players does not work to their advantages and does not benefit them. I'm not on Josh Wolf's bandwagon whatsoever as a coach. I think he is a shit coach. And I hope Austin fans hear that because I feel like they've been served an absolute platter of a pile of shit and told to just consume it because he's the guy that was picked. Josh Wolf is an absolutely terrible shit-tastic coach. If it weren't for the players and the way that they've played, that team would be a bottom of the table team right now. The thing is, he looks like an Austin, like an Austin coach should. He he's a little bit like I don't know, a poor man's Matthew McConaughey, if you will. And they had the cam on him during the match, and this guy and his hand motions and his faces are absolutely fucking. Rid- I mean, it was funny. I was watching him, and we were doing like voiceovers because it was all in Spanish. I could understand like equipo and jugador and goal, which I heard too many times. But watching him, I was like, this guy looks like a fucking weirdo over here. You know, and, and I get I watch Conte every week and all that. But I mean, still. So you're okay. So you're Nagamore out. Got it. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, dude, doesn't this feel like the first two years with Tab a little bit where we have this fast start where we fly out and we're like, hell yeah. And then we slowly start to drop <clears throat> until the bottom of the table. Are you? Do you have that feeling? Do you have that vibe right now with this with this club? No, not at all. I don't because, and, and you know, this is really the one thing to hang your hat on. Say what you will about the quality of the team we faced. We got our first road win already in the season. So it's not the same team. It's not the same players. Yeah, some of them are, but we're also going to get a major boost in the summer window. Now, whether that major boost is just an attendance boost or it's actually an on the pitch improvement, which it should be considering the quality of the player we're getting, it doesn't matter. The fact is we're getting a major boost in the middle of the season. We haven't really had that in this level ever in this club. So to say, oh, well, they're hitting that you know traditional summer lull. I mean, we could lose four more matches and it doesn't matter because once HH gets here, it's a completely different team. It's a completely different ballgame. And I think that any fan right now that is going, we need more improvement. I'm looking at you, Victor Ariza, even though you're technically not a fan, you're just a reporter. Um, Ooh, anybody just- who's... Just the oh, reporter. I'm calling him out. I'm calling his ass out. I like Victor. I hate Phil I, West. I, I, I like Victor too, but his take recently, his takes recently have been very off kilter. Uh, they have been they have been strange for him. He's been oddly aggressive. Yeah, he was aggressive with Tab towards the end too. So I'm not really overly surprised. I know that he wants the club to be successful, but I also think there's a little bit of this sense of pride that he has built up that he wants Houston to be competing with the Austin side of things. You're never going to get that with the striker because it's an Austin publication. It's run and operated by Austin people. The majority of writers Austin. are Austin. Favor, yeah. And Austin is the, Absolutely. the darling all, of the striker. They've all bought into the Austin Kool-Aid. And, you know, I think Victor is the most level-headed one over there. But again, I like Phil. I'm a, I'm a friend of Phil's and, and he's a good guy. But that doesn't mean that his takes are always right. And that doesn't mean that he's not bought into the Austin Kool-Aid. Look, if you're a, you know, if the podcast was nine, and this might be a little bit difficult, but if the podcast was 90%, let's say it's 90% Miami fans, I'm not, I'm not going to use Austin. I'm not, you know, just Miami fans. If for some reason they hooked onto your podcast and they're like, man, we love this Finn guy. He's an, he's a Miami guy, even though he's a Houston, you know, he's covering Houston soccer. We love him as a Miami guy. Wouldn't you start talking a little bit about Miami soccer? That's kind of how I view the striker. Like they're concerned. Okay, yeah, I, you're, I, I said it's going to be a bit of a stretch, but I'm trying to go there. People, some people will understand what I'm saying. Some people would. So there was, a, I think Rushan is doing it now. He's one of them is writing for uh, one of the guys that I follow who used to comment and leave messages and all that. He is now covering a different club. And I was like, why does he keep posting this shit about this club? And then I remembered back that he said he was going to start doing writing for like an area sports net, but of a different club. Yep. And it, yep. it just, I, if it was my job, I could do it, but I do this because it's my therapy. This is where I get to be a fucking dickhead and my personal <laughs> life, dude, my personal life is so much better. Like yeah. I get to be a dickhead on here and Twitter. My personal life is fucking fabulous. Yep. Like it's so, fucking wonderful. Yeah. But so I'm I like throw- Victor. I don't like Phil. 
Yeah. And I, and I just want to throw out there where I can speak to this from personal experiences. You know, I mentioned on a previous podcast of yours that I was at one time a co-managing editor of Dynamo Theory. And so yes. I know all about viewership and readership and eyeballs and commenters and, you know, and, and keeping numbers up and all of that. You know, we were we were running and we were gunning and we were doing it at a time where the Dynamo were, were on a downtrend. We had started to grow. And, you know, a lot of that was we were learning how to use things like SEO and all that. I'm not going to dive into the details. It's technical shit. But we learned how to how to basically draw eyeballs from other sources that weren't typical Dynamo fans. But what that did as we grew the readership, some of the people, you know, maybe one to two percent stuck around. Well, yeah, one to two percent of 100 is only one or two people. One to two percent of a thousand, though, is 10 to 20 people. And that starts to add up over time. And so that's why the striker focuses on the Austin people, because they're the ones that are currently paying for subscriptions. Yeah. Not, I, I can't tell you the number of Houston fans that are paying for subscriptions, but that number is very low. And the reason for that is, is twofold. Number one, we don't pay for subscriptions. Why would we? We've got plenty of content we can get for free. And secondly, as great as Victor is, he's just one guy. He can't fully cover the team to the adequateness that they need. And we're sick and tired of seeing all the other Austin, you know, uh, propaganda on that freaking you know site it's difficult to wade through it when you're trying to find just dynamo information yeah it seems like it used to be predominantly dynamo and now it is austin 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 dynamo you never hear about fc dallas but why would you want to but yeah it, it really it gets under my skin and uh i don't i don't subscribe to it i i, I don't and you know i was thinking about you actually over the weekend not in that way, maybe a little, but I actually had a falling out with a fellow podcaster. I'm not going to go into details or names, but I started thinking about you and how you had talked about you used to be the managing editor of Dynamo Theory. And I just started thinking like eventually at some point, no matter what, and no matter how much we don't want it to happen, some of us are going to fall out and we're going to step on each other's toes and we're going to disagree. And that's, that's, that's all I have to say about that. All right. So looking at Nagamura's tactics. Okay. I have this section here. Nagamura's tactics, subs are not enough parts. And I was going to see which one you thought was most accurate to describe the current lull in performance. But let's go real quick like this. Nagamura's tactics, the 4-3-3. Would you change it? How would you change it? Go. I would go to a four-two-three-one. I think at this point, I really would prefer a four-four-two because I think Sebas and Thor could could feasibly play together up top in a four-four-two. I think the drawback is we don't have a true DM. Uh, again, I don't trust Vera as a true DM. I love him to death, but I don't trust him in that position. Uh, and Hector's not going to be that guy either to be a true DM. So a four-four-two doesn't work in that case. So again, four-two-three-one is probably my preference. And with the wingers not as high up the pitch, look. Uh, Pasher's rarely, rarely beating by guys off the ball at this point. And it, it's not that he's slowed down. I think he just doesn't have that same level of confidence. I noticed in the Austin match that as he, as he did start beating guys, he found a little bit of that confidence, but towards the middle of the match, when he got tired, it was difficult for him to blow by guys. Fafa should not be running that pace for 90 minutes in a match. That's exhausting over the course of a full season. He's going to taper off. We don't have the wingers for him to taper off. So I don't like the idea of him being so high up the pitch. I think he can dribble with the ball and take guys on. Look, Coca Karaskia as a, as a, as a 10, I guess, as an eight or as a, yeah, as an eight. I mean, eight, either an eight or eight. a 10. I mean, put him in either position, right? 
Did you see what that guy did on Saturday against Austin yes. with the ball at his feet? Yes, I did. I mean, constantly took guys on the dribble and just either blew by them with his pace or out muscled them multiple times or just held possession in a, in a beautiful like turns and dribbles. And I mean, the guy, technically speaking, there's not a second player on this team outside of Quintero that can match him technically. And I'm not going to lie. There was one sequence where he was so fucking fancy that I came a little bit. Like I, I suddenly came a little, it was, it was really, really nice. And in my head, I could hear Eddie Robinson before, like, what has he done? And now I'm looking like, this is the fucking guy that, we saw that we knew he could become. Yes. Sure. sure. And, yes. and again, you have to give some credit to, you know, the work that's been put in, uh, in developing him too. Right. Cause when he got here, he was not that player, you know, he was not that good when he first got here and, and he had a little bit of growing and a little bit of shifting to, to adapt to MLS. And he's done that. And I think some of that has to be attributed to the current, uh, you know, the current, current change in tactic and, and kind of shifting things a little bit and giving him the opportunity to be that player. He was but a think, Jordan guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. A, he was brought in by Matt Jordan. That was a good one, Matt. Thanks. It happens. It, it happens every two to three seasons. He makes one correct move. <laughs> one. That's it. Well, he's, he's not making any moves right now. No, he's not because nobody else wants him except oh, he, since he since he's kind Cincinnati. of Cincinnati. Yeah, because, you know him to them they're like god damn this guy's won the u.s open cup he's been to the mls western conference finals this guy is the bee's knees let's get matt jordan in here you guys can have him keep him keep him keep him keep him so i mean i see where you're going with the four two three one honestly i like your idea for the four four two but on the right winger i'd play Quintero, and i'd give him the ability to float inside because next to him i would play vera and then i'd play coco and then i would play uh fafa and up top, I'd go with Thor and Sebastian Ferreira. That's what I would do. And I would put Zeke at the right back, which is actually the whole next thing we were going to talk about. The subs. The substitutes, man, for fucking in the Austin game. It was one-to-one, right? And he subs in Seren. And oh, who was the other one? Baird. He subbed in Seren and Baird. I, 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 don't, I, I don't see how that was aggressive how that was confident you're protecting a draw like that you are at home and it's hot and this is a team that wants to be our rival and you are playing for a draw only to properly figure out within a fucking minute oh they just scored what are we going to do now i just put in darwin seren and Corey baird who's seren's been all right Corey Baird's been so bad and I, I stuck up for him and I've backed him and I still think he could play, be a player, but I, I don't have a lot of hope for him right now. It's, it is not looking good. What did you, you were there, man. What did you guys think when you saw Seren and Baird coming onto the field? Uh, they were up and, and so you say within a minute, they were up and, and ready to come onto the pitch prior to even that, like they were, they were, uh, you know, they were heavily, like they were already at the sideline, like a minute or two before they were actually subbed in. There was a set piece that happened before they got subbed on that they were prepared to come in for the set piece. But of course you don't sub on a set piece when you're defending. So we held off and waited. Um, and I, you know, I, I look at like a guy like Seren and I think, you know, that's a, that's a decent depth piece. Great. No, absolutely not. But that's a decent depth piece. That's a player that 
that can provide support in proper areas when given the opportunity to do so. Again, the problem is though, Seren is not a true number, uh, uh, not a true number six. He's not a true DM. And you're expecting him essentially to play that defensive mid role. What the hell is he then? He's a central midfielder, more or less. But like here's the eight? problem. He's, yeah, he's, he's roughly an eight. He's definitely not a 10. He's roughly no. an eight. So here's the problem. I see right? him as a six. I see him as more of a six than an eight. Uh, he's 100%. not a six, though. He's not a he's not a six. That's the problem. He's not actually a six. And this is the problem is that we've played Seren and well, we've played Seren. And I would even say to some extent, Vera and Memo. We've played these guys in positions that they're really not like uh, suited for because we had no other options. Remember when Memo was a left winger? That was fun, wasn't it? Remember when Memo could actually, you know, pass a ball and connect with a player? Remember when Memo would not get physicaled off a ball by a USL player in an open cut match? Yeah, I remember those days. Those remember were a long Boney, time ago. Remember when Boney played center back and everybody was excited? And remember he, when Boney oh. first got here and he played center midfielder and winger and was phenomenal? Yeah, I remember those days. So all I'm trying to say, though, is, you know, I think that with bringing on Seren and... um and, Baird. and bird and bird Baird. I, and I what think is, I it? Un- is it Baird? It's Baird. I have no idea. I really don't. I've heard it pronounced both ways. So I'm just going to go bird. And until somebody goes me otherwise, it's bird. I'm sticking to Baird. You go Baird. It's fine. It's Mrs. Right. Baird's bread. It's okay. Um, His uh, wife was cute. His girlfriend was good looking. Yeah. See I'm sure he loves it. Thanks. I don't know. I haven't seen her. Um, oh, no, no. But there was a, they were at the dash gate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw the picture. That's whatevs. Um, oh, well, hold on. Hold on real quick. I know I interrupted you, but Tim Parker had like i was like oh my tim great job fantastic job to all the lads but tim you nailed it all right sean go no he literally did um oh man i mean again you know you set it up i gotta follow through you You can let your freak flag fly oh i know i know uh but i i think in the moment i understood especially in the stands i understood what paolo's intention was the problem is that the intention did not show itself the way that I think he hoped it would, which yes, he was trying to slow down what Austin were doing, not to settle the match into a draw, but he was trying to kill some of that central space that Austin were finding, which was then unlocking the wing play. Here's the biggest problem I had though. When bird came on, what should have happened instead of it being bird, it should have been Seca for Dorsey. Dorsey yes. was gassed and Dorsey was not providing enough going forward. And Seca is a much better defender. And we were already starting to see the moments where Austin were getting wide down that left side of the pitch uh, or right side of the pitch, depending on what oh, side yeah. you're looking from. Down they that did a side fabulous of the job of moving the ball and switching the field. They did a good they job. Did. Of that. And they have great, great wingers, just like the Dynamo used to have when we had both Kyoto and Elise down the wings in the first season we had them or the second season we had them and Morrow up top or call it Kubo up top. When we had that trio, we were just as good offensively. The thing was we had opportunities to ice that game out. Fafa had an opportunity where he was 12 feet from the goalie, maybe a little further out, and he chipped the ball so soft the keeper was able to catch it. There was no impetus to actually score, in my opinion. It felt like a lot of chances went wanting, and I think that's been the death knell to this team's success so far through the season is that we've not secured our chances when we've had them, and we've allowed other teams to secure their chances when they've had them. Our best, matches, 
our best matches have been when we have ensured that the other team's chances were minimal and our chances were plentiful. Yeah, Fafa has been poor. Uh, he has not been his normal, his normal self, or maybe this is his Fafa normal self. has Fafa has played well. He plays very well off the off the ball, but a lot of MLS defenders, and I've noticed it especially in the Frisco match, and I noticed it in the Austin match. Defenders now are playing him very physical, and apparently he must have a reputation with the officials that he is a flopper because he doesn't get calls that a lot of other wingers in the league or forwards in the league would get. I could see that. I could see and that. And it's frustrating because when when defenders are physical with him, he turns into a different player. He still wants to take the players on, but he's trying to do it more out of a spite and out of revenge as opposed to trying to make an actual play happen. When he crosses the ball in, he usually does pretty decent service. The problem is, is that by the time he crosses the ball in, we're in the you know, 30th minute and Sebas is usually, I wouldn't say tired, but Sebas is not making that same run because now Sebas has had to push back deep to receive the ball because there's no midfield play bringing the ball to him unless Coco is the one bringing it up. Memo is not that guy. Darwin was struggling. Darwin, the last two matches, uh, Quintero specifically, sorry to clarify, uh, Quintero has been missing these last two matches. He's played, but like, and his movement's been great. His He's tried, but it's just not sinking up for him again. And he's had he had that same issue with Tab for a while, um, and he had that issue in prior seasons when he played for us as well. So it's not this is not a new thing for him. He's a streaky player, but we don't have anybody that's opposite Coco that can play at that same level or play even near that same level. And let's be frank, it ain't memo. No, it's not. You know, I could see Fafa having a reputation for flopping, and I have seen him in the games when he when they're physical with him. He becomes less effective and he more angry. He seems angrier with the ball. So let's talk about a guy who you picked, I believe, to be outscored by Thor Olferson. Sebas has four goals with very little service. I mean, you said he, he looked tired after 30. Sebast- Sebastian, you are not allowed to fucking get tired at all. We're paying you very well to be fit because we need you to play 90 minutes, which he, he, he doesn't look fit enough to do just yet. But we need you to play 90 minutes because you have four goals and barely any service. The midfield goal was, was out of this fucking world. It was out of this world, and the odds of seeing another goal like that ever again, or not ever again, but him doing that again, they're not high. Even you, if you count that one out, he's got three goals. With he's no tried it in three separate matches. It's just that's the first time it's actually gone in, and the keeper was far enough up to, to capitalize on it. He's got balls. And I'll tell you what, as soon as Stuver went down and we scored, I thought, this is fucking over. No, we so here's the thing. Their I'm ass. glad you brought this up. Here's the thing. I watched their keepers because, obviously, it's r- I was in the front row, so it was right. I was right there at goal for uh, pre-match warm-ups. Their second keeper, uh, Tarbell, He's he good. Pheno- no, he was phenomenal in pre-match. He was saving crap that he had no business saving. And I turned to the guy who was standing next to me, Nestor uh, Luna. I turned to him and I was like, Nestor, I'm actually more concerned that Tarbell's coming in because he's a it, it, he was more like pumped for this game than I felt like Stuver was. And that just threw me off. And then when he came in and he was making saves, I'm just like, shit, I called this. I told Nestor this was going to happen. Like as soon as he came in, I went, shit. He was better in, in pre-match. I would have rather Stuver stayed in. Here's the thing is, I don't watch other clubs outside of the Dynamo. I'll watch Tottenham Dynamo, and then I'll watch USL, USL Championship 1-2, all that. But I know who Tarbell is, and I thought, fuck, I know who this guy is, so he has to be okay. 
So I wasn't like, oh, but I felt like, oh, hell yeah. Like you don't want to see a player get injured. But the momentum swing was what I was hell yang because you can't, you can't negate the momentum swing. That's what's going to happen when you score a goal like that and their starting keeper gets hurt. It's going to be everybody should be fucking hard. It should be an exciting place. But it, it, he ended up having a phenomenal game. And, you know, you brought up uh, the right back position. Who do you start, Dorsey or Zeka? Uh, I, look, I would rather us start Zeka at this point. I think we need the defensive cover and let Dorsey come on when guys are tired up defensively on the other side, uh, you know, and, and let him push up into the, into the attack when we need those goals at the end of matches. I feel like, you know, trying to be more concerned about getting the goal early, it's leaving us exhausted at the end of matches. I would rather us kind of flip that script and be a little bit more, a little less aggressive early and pour it on late. I, I think Zeko, I watched him for his RGV and, Going forward, he looked pretty good. And I remember seeing him live once or twice, two other times. But I, he gets forward. I think he looks more natural going forward than Dorsey. Next spot, right winger, Tiago, Pasher, or Baird. For me, I'm going to go with Tiago, man. I, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm looking at what we have going on up top with the inverted wingers. And it doesn't really seem to be bearing fruit. And I know this is outside of his tactics, but if you put Tiago at the right and just flip him and Fafa, you now have a left winger who's left footer and a right winger who's right footer, and you can swing balls into the box, which Ferreira can put his fucking nut. He can put his noggin on the ball. Like he's, he's, not, he's not bad with his head. He's pretty fucking good. So I'm at the point with a right winger. I want to see Tiago. What about you? I think I'd rather see Pasher with Tiago as the, as the sub late. No more Baird at all. No more Bird at all. I think I'm, or if we're going to have Bird, then go to the 4-4-2 and let Thor and Bird be the rotation for the second striker with Sebas as the other striker. That's, uh, you know, I don't feel that, you know, Bird gives us enough winger-wise to be valuable as a starter. Um, I still don't understand why Paolo keeps starting him there. It doesn't make any sense to me or even subbing him on there. When you have a guy like Tiago on the bench or you have guys like Thor on the bench, even though I wouldn't necessarily play Thor as a winger, um, but you know, I, I also think that I you know, very much would like to say that Thor through these first, you know, how many ever games, what is it? Seven games now, eight games that we've played has looked really good. And in his limited time that he's gotten so far, but he hasn't he is, scored yet. He hasn't scored. I, I, I said 10 goals. He's got plenty of time to get that. I, I think you're crazy. I, I legitimately can see him getting it because here's why he's aggressive and he's also a fucking nuisance to the op- opposition in every way imaginable. He gets into under guys' skin so fast, and I love the way that he plays. And and he has had a couple of moments where he almost got to a ball that a goalkeeper or defender was clearing because he just turns on the, the pace out of nowhere. And he's not super fast, but when you're not expecting it and he suddenly appears on your back shoulder, you are not ready to clear that ball very fast. Yeah, and he's not small. You know, you said he's a pest. He's like the white Fafa because I've always thought Fafa was a fucking pest and that he would he would purposely go in on players hard or, or step on their feet. Like, I thought Fafa was just such a dick sometimes, which I love. Quintero's a bit of a dick too. But Thor, he offers a little more physically than a Fafa because if he wants to body you up, there's a few players on the current Dynamo roster. He could do that too. He could outbody them. Not Parker, not teenage. After that, I mean, 
in the starting lineups. I'll Saran, be honest. Maybe? I'll be honest. I think that Thor and Teenage would be a dead draw. Thor is str- Thor is a lot stronger than people give him credit for. Yeah, I mean, teenage, he, teenage is wiry, but he's still he's very smart with how he uses his body. Thor's. Like I would argue red cards, uh, double yellows, notwithstanding that he don't, can don't. be smart. He Fucking can be don't. smart. But don't I think that I hey hey it's all part of the Two person. Right? It's all part of the player. Uh, the guy makes aggressive aggressive uh, tackles at times, and sometimes they're aggressive at the point they don't need to be. You know, he's got somebody covering that's a, you know can jump in as well and doesn't have to jump in at it. Uh, I think that's also just a young player having to figure it out to some extent who hasn't been in this level of you know play. Um, and I don't think he's been bad. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's been bad at all. I love his style of play. But I think at times he needs to understand the game situation better. He needs to have, and I talk about this all the time, but he needs to have a better football IQ for the situation. You know about teenage? You're talking about Hadebe, right? I'm talking about Hadeb. Okay, okay, okay. I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. Is he talking about Thor? Or is he talking no, about Hadebe, teenage? Hadebe, yeah. You know, that second yellow card kind of dicked us with the, uh, the Dallas match. All right, yeah, I know. next, I know. next, next spot. I had. Why do I have midfield listed as a spot? That shouldn't be a discussion. Is there anything to I, talk about in the midfield? I don't know. It's your notes, buddy. Why did I put? I don't know why I put central midfielder on there. So I posted earlier. I'm ready to see teenage in Bartlow because Tim Parker has been very poor the last two games. No, he was great in the first go match. Not if you look at the stats. I don't know you're like the eye test, but the ratings for him again, he was low again. 6059. He was bad. I went back to the last two matches. Yeah. And his so ratings were let, let's poor. talk about that real quick. The major reason his uh ratings are always so low is because he's being paired essentially with on that side of the pitch, that right side of the pitch with Dorsey to start matches and go deep into matches with Dorsey. He's got to cover for Dorsey's misgivings defensively. That's difficult to do. If we swapped Hadebe and Parker, uh, Hadebe would have the lower rating and Parker would have the higher one. Well, he'd also be playing them both out of position. I mean, I don't, I'm not no. arguing that, but I'm just saying if 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 Timmy was out there 75 minutes with Seca instead of Dorsey, Timmy's uh, rating is going to be a 7 plus higher. Like it's going to be higher than a 7.0. Is Eric Valentin better than Griffith Dorsey? No. I don't think he is. I think Zarek Valentin, though, I don't is think a he's worse. He's a fantastic center back. Yeah, I would like to yeah. see more of him. Oh no, he was great in the Open Cup. I want to see yeah. more of that. I don't know. Well, you know, I want to see somebody other than Parker at this point. I want to. I'm ready to give Bartlow a run out. I'm ready to get younger. Not well. Older. I mean, we already trotted Bartlow out for a couple matches, and I thought he played phenomenally. I agree with you. I need to see more Bartlow. And I mean, I'm fine with him pairing with a Davy and then having Parker be the rotation piece coming in. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Bartlett should be starting because he's the younger player. Yeah, I'm a little bit ready now for to see some of our younger guys make the bench at least or, or come in at the end. Guys like Palomino, especially Palomino. Bartlow's been I want to see Palomino appear the way Bartlow has been appearing, because I think those are two guys. That can do it. I don't know about Indoye. I don't know about Gitao. I don't know about those guys. But I think Palomino, and I, we know Bartlow can do it. I'm, I'm ready to see like a little bit more of the youth movement with the club. What, what, are you there yet? Is there anybody I left out? Um, 
I want to see, I think before the end of the season, I want to see Beto Avila um, because that's a winger depth player that we desperately need on the Dynamo. Uh, and I think a player that could quickly supplant a guy like Baird or, um, you know, uh, well, yeah, Baird. Um, but hey, we saw Tiago get his first, you know, first trot out first minutes as a senior team player. And I honestly did not anticipate seeing that going into the match. So I think that speaks to the fact that the players are developing um, from Dynamo Dose. And I think it's a foregone conclusion that we probably will at some point see Palomino before the end of the season. Um, and, and I think that, again, Beto and I would like to see Papa and Doye, but then we'd leave Dynamo Dose with almost nothing up top. Um, because I think Papa and Doye on the wing uh, on that right side could just absolutely destroy MLS defenders because of how he plays. Uh, and then you're talking about it being able to have uh, in the 4-3-3 Fafa and Papa running with their pace, which both of them are pacey and strong enough to hold off defenders with Sebas being able to run on crosses and Papa can send in some pretty slick crosses when he wants to. Yeah, Dinah Dose just got their asses handed to them in Tacoma, Washington. So it was a pretty in the dash loss. It was a pretty, it was a pretty shitty week all around here in H Town. Yeah, it was. H Town till we drown. That's that's the motto. Uh, yeah, it was it was a bad week, and everybody thought Dinah Dose would roll them over, and they did not. But that's a long trip, and uh, it happens. You know. He, I don't think there's ever been a club to win every game, not in the modern day, you know, keeping, you know, records and all that. So if you had a cut, you have to cut two current players on the roster because you mentioned shedding Deadwood and then uh, your man, Victor. I think he wrote an article as well about shedding Deadwood. I could only read the first paragraph because like you said, you have to pay for it and I'm fucking cheap. You need to, you need to learn the, the ways. Don't give me the password. I don't have a password. Well, then teach me the ways. Uh, maybe we'll see. That was I was asked, please, will you please teach me the ways? Sir? Yes, you didn't say please first. <laughs> and I realized the error of my ways and I corrected them. <laughs> Look, the professor will open up, uh, open up lecture class later today. Uh, after we after we stop recording. Yeah. So uh, uh, about uh, two players that I would cut right now, because that's what you're trying to get to, right? Because you yep. did not get to it quite yet. Two players I would cut. Uh, I think Mm, I, well, first, I mean, there's a given number one that absolutely has to be cut for me. That's Memo. I mean, I'm done. I am so far past done with him that there's no redemption arc for him in any storyline that exists for the Dynamo for me. Um, so that's number one. And then number two, I think at this point, it would probably have to be. I thought I lost you. Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm I had a couple of ideas. I think if I had to say right now, I think I would get rid of Zarek Valentin and I love the guy, but I just think Bartlow provides enough, enough depth at center back. And we have guys in Dynados that could step up if necessary that I don't feel like he's a necessity at this point. And I think that salary could be used elsewhere to upgrade. And I feel like as much as I want to just dump Corey at this point and, and, you know, free up that winger spot, I feel like we need that depth right now at winger because we don't have it elsewhere unless you count Dinah Dose. So, yeah, it would be Memo and, and Zarek Valentin, which I'm sure you didn't anticipate me going to Valentin. No, 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 I didn't. He's one of mine. I'd probably cut Valentin at Junkwa just because we haven't seen him. But you know what? Junkwa is really the only 
other option at left back if something happens to Lundqvist. Well, that's not true because Zeka can play right uh, left back. That's as well. true. That is true. That's true. But then we only have Dorsey and Novalentino. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't I know. think. I, I, know. I don't think I know. I'd cut Memo just yet. I think I'd. I'd cut Baird before Memo. I mean, look, I've watched that kid for five plus seasons at this point. I'm done. You know, like he's had an arc that he was, tre- you know, trending up for so long under Wilmer. And then he just plateaued out and then he started regressing. Like he's gone way downhill. And again, the proof of that is simply how he played, uh, you know, against, uh, against RGV in that open cup match. Look, Dude, that we, memo, looked, we were outplayed that, in that match. We were that, outplayed. Yeah, we were, we got lucky to be honest, but that memo that showed up for the open cup match does not belong in MLS. That, that memo that showed up for the open cup match barely belongs in USL. I think he'd tear up the USL championship. I don't think so at all. I really don't. You know who's not tearing up the USL championship is Nico Lemoyne. And thoughts and prayers, yeah, Nico. That's, that's fair. Uh, he, at the same time, he was cut from Oakland Roots, which is the home of Alejandro Funmayor. Yep. Still being an idiot. But And then Kubo has landed. Lots of former Dynamo guys out there in USL because, if you didn't know, for a while, we were a USL team. It just said MLS on our shield. All right, listener questions. Here we go. And I think we're going to both agree on the first one. Will Hector Herrera fix anything or is this whole season already a pipe dream? I'm going to go first. When was it ever a pipe dream? What is this pipe dream? It's like, the pipe dream that Victor Horiza keeps trying to sell people that this club should have been MLS contenders. Well, should have been with the proper nourishment, replenishment, investments but, but it, was, weren't. it wasn't we gonna happen it wasn't gonna happen in one season and one off season and did anybody and real i mean who realistically thought victor he keeps trotting no. out that that was the the prevailing thought or should have been the prevailing thought and i'm like no that's never been the focus of this season the front office came out and flat out said we're just trying to make the playoffs this season they understand the work ahead of them they understand right, they so, need so what more victor has victor said like an MLS cup here? What, what, what are you talking here? Yeah, he. Uh, there was a tweet that he put out. I guess it was yesterday. I would have to find it. God knows it's going to take me 30 yesterday. minutes to find it. But oh, there was a tweet look. he put out yesterday. Uh, let's see. I might be able to find it, actually. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before? No, it was yesterday. It was Monday. Well, why Sean, Sean, well Sean and I looked for tweets. Why don't you pause for this brief commercial? Oh, wait, we don't have them. I mean, Stop doing that shit. You could. Stop doing uh, that shit. Not the Naranja letters. Ah, oh, man, we're going to look at this fucking thing. for He posts all the fucking time. Victor, what are you doing? You post all the time. I can't. There's so many. There's so many. Does he still follow me? Did he unfollow me after the Austin thing? Yeah, he still follows me. Anyway, <laughs> fucking, I don't know. You know, what were we talking about? Victor. Oh, yeah. What, who, who, if he actually said that the Dynamo are going to be MLS Cup contenders, no fucking way. No way. Which is, which is exactly the logical way to look at there's four, there's 28 teams in MLS. We're, we're going to contend for number one after being 27. Yeah. And I, I look, I found the tweet. So let me read out the tweet. I think maybe I misunderstood at the time what he was trying to say. I think I get it now. Uh, Victor said, I get, it's a process. I get, it takes time. That said, it's time to react. That phrase right there catches me off guard. What is the end goal here? If it's an MLS cup, then there are moves to make. If it's just to be competitive, the Houston dynamo are right on track. I mean, to me, the line that said it's time to react, it feels knee-jerky because we've already made moves. We've already it's kind reacted. Of, it's kind of contradictory, too, with it, the last it two is. statements. 
And to, to know, we already reacted knowing full well it wasn't good enough to begin with by getting Hector Herrera. So Yeah, he's going to change. A, a lot of shit's going to change when he gets Which here. answers goes into answer the fan question. Look at that. Look at how I tied that back in for you. I'm so good at that. <laughs> he looped Humble it brag. back around, folks. Humble brag. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think it's, it's so funny that he tweets this out because it's A, you can tell it's meant to garner a reaction. Because he goes completely off base with his initial talk, you know, with that third line when he says, I get it's a process, it takes time, but now it's time to react. Like we're eight matches into the season, nine matches into the season. That's not time to react. Not at all. And not only are we nine matches into the season, we're nine matches into a tenure with a brand new front office, a brand new coach, a, 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 you know, a handful of brand new players with another one that's guaranteed to be on the way in two months. What more are we looking for? You know, I've what seen more a few people expecting? say that. I saw somebody post something like the Dynamo need to make a move before the deadline this Wednesday. And, and what are gonna we going to do? You're going to have the fringe contingent that that are like, you know, the the radical. We've got to make lunatic moves. fringe as Dustin yeah. from Dynamo Theory. Called. I, I Kudos love that to him. Dustin. He I, I was like, Dustin. whoa. Yeah, yeah, that was I was like, that was snarky. Yeah, yeah. Going on, I, guys. I got to give him credit. He, he he's upped his game in the last few weeks. That's for sure. But uh yeah, I, you know, I agree with him. Like it is coming from the lunatic fringe that exists out there that, you know, to some extent, it's kind of like those Austin fans that are out there on social media. And, you know, the ones that who I'm talking about that are the ones that stir the pot. They're the ones that 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 just have the most asinine points of view and they expect everybody to, to agree with them. And it, it's it, no, there, there's nobody. Trust me, I talk with enough fans that I can say this pretty strongly. You just that, described me, you know, they're <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair. There are yeah. there, there is not a very large contingency out there that is going. We got to get rid of Paolo. Look, there there was a point earlier in the season where I was skeptical of what Paolo was trying to do because I couldn't see it because we were still trotting out, you know, uh, still not not playing Quintero or Coco uh, consistently. That was two weeks into the season. They had knocks too. They picked up injuries. Yeah, well, no, and, and I get that. And, and it wasn't meant like we got to make a decision now. It was more like we need to be considering that maybe this is not the way forward if it continues on for too much longer. But they righted the ship immediately. So it was, you know, it was no big deal. It was whatever, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, they, they, he, he, they're getting it. The players are understanding it. They're starting to, to make it work, et cetera. But, I, you know, I think at the same time, I, I just look at the, the Victor quote. I look at some of those quotes. And trust me, I see a lot of them on, on Twitter because I'm on there pretty pretty regularly. And a lot of them are just so off base that I, I used to respond to a lot of them. I used to engage because that was a great way to grow viewership. But I've just learned that if I take the time to respond to them, I end up looking like the asshole simply because I don't agree with them. And then I get pissed off because they're stupid. You know, what's funny is it's the exact opposite for me. I like piss them off first and then they respond, but I still look like the asshole. Yeah, you're what we call the perennial troll. And I you're guess. so good at it, though, that like you somehow turn it onto yourself without realizing it. Oh, but, you know, earlier you said I wasn't very good at it. No, 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 no. no. So that's the thing. A good troll is one that doesn't turn it back onto themselves. That's oh. where that's that line that you got to find and you got to work it. It's a fine line. I, know I don't know what it. that means. That yeah. that break we had, I started watching Outlander. And smoked well, that's more, your problem. Yeah, smoked a bunch more weeds. By the way, that's the perfect commercial break, by the way, that, that break that we had. I just started. <laughs> Oh man, that was a long one. I was like, is, is he coming back? Uh, man, I, I think HH is going to fix a lot. He's not going to fix everything. No. But he, he's going to create more chances and he's going to create more possession and he's going to create more goals and he's going to prevent. But let's, 
let's say just let, let's just do this real quick let's just say let's have a little fun let's say that this is an average team a mediocre team which is what victor likes to call us a mediocre team so what mediocre. place is that in the table we that would be ninth, like eighth i mean in, in the west in the west that'd be sixth place because right mediocre is halfway that's halfway uh, seventh seven, six man. to seven let's say between six and nine that's a fair like six seventh eighth ninth that's you know right at the playoff cusp fighting for a playoff spot six to nine okay six to ninth we're a medi- mediocre team right now HH gets here and he elevates the play of everybody else around him. I'm not saying like immensely, but even a little bit, this team moves into, you know, fifth, fourth place. That's good enough for a playoff spot. That's technically a contender for MLS cup and the, you know, cause the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, you can't suddenly say, Oh man, Hector Herrera is not enough. We don't know how much it's going to be. We don't know how good it's going to be. I mean, Hey, it could be total crap for all we know. But for the sake of saying it, you know, I mean, it could be just enough to move us two to three places, and that's enough to guarantee playoffs. See, I think I think we are a ninth and tenth place team. I think we're a team that's fighting for the top ten. And I think that's too low, to be honest with you. I think well, I'm pragmatic sometimes, unless we're playing arrivals and they talk shit and we're the fucking best. Uh, but I think with Herrera, we say what? Tottenham, yeah, fucking young man, son, Harry King. Let's go. He's on Twitter, son, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. He's on I did. He's yeah, I, gotta, so, I, I follow. I him love him. I love him. He's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he fucking got me off, but here we yeah, go. I, I do it every time. Time. I think every time. Herrera makes us. I think Herrera makes us a sixth or seventh place team. I think he makes us a playoff team from a team that would be fighting for that last spot, but would probably miss it. So him coming in at mid midseason, let's say that he elevates us to between fifth and sixth place. That's a guaranteed playoff spot. Yeah, for seven, get in. So you only I need mean, seven. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. If he elevates us to fifth or sixth, then let's say we're seventh or eighth going in. I mean, right now, seventh and eighth is not absolutely. It's right where we are, you know? Yeah, you know I, you know what? I could see Ted Siegel playing the long game with this one and seeing how it plays out before he dumps more money in here. I, I disagree, and here's why. There, The tweet that was put out today specifically by somebody that went, or maybe it was yesterday, that went out and said specifically that they have been told that Dynamo are not making any other moves in this transfer window. That was interesting to me because, number one, they really didn't need to say anything. That didn't need to be said. It's already been said multiple times over. So why would they say that? To me, here's what that signals. There is more than Hector Herrera coming in this next window, which opens in June. And we are right on the cusp of June very soon. We are. We're a month away. We're less than a fucking month away. I'm telling you right now, there's some other midseason move. I don't know what it's going to be. It may be a trade. It could be uh, an acquisition, a transfer coming in. I don't know what it's going to be. But Ted's going to spend a little bit of money. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to shock some people. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge name, but it's going to be a player that nobody expects to see coming. Yo, have you seen this, the false nine on Twitter? Oh, that's just funny. It's like striker Texas knockoff. That is so funny, though. Yes, I have. I love it. Oh, my God. I don't know what to think about it because they're definitely pro Austin. Oh, no, no. For sure, 100%. But a lot of it is meant to be almost parody-ish. Like, it's meant to be over the top, and they know it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny. All right. Last listener question. What should be the proper fan response to losing two rival games in a row sean what how how should we respond show the fuck up for the next home match against frisco and travel to austin 
or just show up show up in general well i mean that too but i'm, I'm you know i'm giving them a few months because it's not till july when we've got to do this and it's just a one week span so hey take a week off hit up the first go match here in houston then let's travel to austin in major numbers and let's make austin our home that's what we got to do as fans and i'm including myself in that well i won't be traveling to austin i'm not going there last yeah, season i wanted to you know well know. yeah i have children yeah yeah i know i know and I pay. I pay Look, for, Austin. Hey, Austin. I give money great, to women I no longer fuck every month. Uh, Austin is a great trip. I'm just saying, it's a great family family locale. It's just expensive, and uh, it, it is. But here's the trick, right? You call it a camping trip, and you go and you stay in San Marcos. There's a couple of na- uh, state parks in San Marcos that are right on the water. That they have these like little cabins that that it's not really camping. It's like almost. It's not really glamping either, though, because it's like just an empty dude. Do you know structure? Yeah, well, I have. And it's I have like a, thirty bucks a night, bro. I have a. You know how horrible it sounds to me to camp near water. I have a special needs son who like. Well, okay, so I say near. Off. I say near water, but <laughs> the actual the shit out of me. No, I get it. I, I I say near water. I don't mean it's like right on the water. I just mean that there's a river nearby, but it's not right on the water. Well, you know what? To be clear. Here's. I'll tell you the reason I, I would never go to an Austin match. The first years doing this, I didn't really do the shit talking stuff. I did it on the show, but not on Twitter. This year, having been exposed to these people, I don't want to give that fucking front office any of my money. I'll sit home and watch it on local TV for, for fucking free. And the Austin people can pay those overpriced tickets to watch that. The product, it's not worth what you're being charged, if, if we're being honest. It's, it's not a bad product. Their team's not bad. But what they're being charged is ridiculous for what's on the field. Like, you should be buying a little bit more, not Maxi Aruti. So I, I think our response should be to, to slow down, like just chill out. Because like you said, there's already that lunatic fringe is starting to talk. And it's like, yo, even you guys shouldn't be talking yet. If we lose the next two to them or we, or we, we drop two or three games in a row, maybe you can talk a little, but w- w- slow down, like relax. This is a process. If you really thought we'd be MLS Cup contenders, you were wrong the entire time. And that that was a pipe dream. See what I did? I tied that back into the one before. You're learning, young Padawan. Yeah, I've, I think I fucking nailed this pretty much. So, Sean, do you know what time it is? No, I really don't, actually. Well, it's 7.43, but yeah. the show, it's, it's time for you to tell us one more time or we can catch you and... My favorite gooner, Mark Segovia. Uh, yeah. So uh, this week, uh, you can instead of tuning into Gen Orange because you're going to do it anyways. Let's be real, folks. You love us. You love me. Uh, it's it's fair. Uh, what I want you to do instead is I want you to go hit up. Uh, I want you to go hit up Dynamo Fan TV at Dynamo Fan TV on Twitter. Uh, they've got a YouTube. They do videos. Uh, it's been a little bit since they last did their last show, but. Uh, they do like uh, videos covering the matches and stuff, and it's pretty good stuff. I uh, highly recommend it. They don't follow me on Twitter. Well, uh, I'll make mm. sure that happens. Huh? Mm. What I do. That'd be cool. I, you know, I know that there's some people that get mad, but like I will always support like every Houston Dynamo person, like podcaster and all that. I will always support us, but fuck everybody else. Like that's how I am. Like we are a family and everybody else is out to fucking ruin my family. So fuck everybody else. I'm with y'all. But I guess not everybody's like that. Huh. But yeah, I nah, thought they were not defunct. everybody is. I could have told you that. I mean, yeah, no, they're you know. not. 
But like, you need to be how I want. It's like, I'm not going to do that. If you haven't figured it out, why are you still around? Yeah, I clicked on one of the names because I saw that, that, that account. One of the names, uh, the account doesn't even exist anymore. So I figured it was just like the defunct uh, podcast, but they're coming back, huh? I mean, they've been on Twitter. They've been talking on Twitter. They've, you know, tweeted stuff out. So I'm assuming they still exist. I, I talked to them just a few weeks ago. So I'm imagining they're still around. They may just be taking a hiatus or whatever. But hey, it still doesn't hurt to go give them a follow. Spread that love where you can. I'm all about it. Dude, I started this last January and there was you, me, and Christian. That was it. That was it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One tabs. He started at the same time too. So he doesn't count. He wasn't yep. established. Yep. Now there's so fucking many. You know, I think that I'm going to say this and this will be my last point. I think that's a testament, I think, to the work being put in, um, I think, across the board, you know, podcasters in general, um, you know, the, the connection the community has now, the kind of growth that exists within the community and, and how much more welcoming it is than it used to be. You know, it used to be very much that elitist culture and elitist mentality, but I think that's changed tremendously. I can remember five, six years ago when it was very elitist and you know, it was very difficult to, to be a supporter unless you were, you know, unless you were a specific uh, individual or specific individuals. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's not my crowd. That is not my crowd. No, I, hey, look, you know, I, I'm a simple believer that if you're there to support the team and you do truly support the team and not just bandwagoning it, and even if you are bandwagoning it and you're out there, you know, not being rabid, but you're, you know, hey, you're, you're being a supporter then yeah, I, I'm going to give you respect and, and, you know, you're a brother, your family, you know, I'll defend you to, you know, defend you as much as I can. It's kind of the way you know, the elitist ones are the ones I argue with the most. I can't fucking stand them. And that's what I think Austin is. Like they're just so full of their, they're chock full of elitists. God damn it. I need to get right. Why is it with you that it always comes back to Austin? Well, we just played them and lost. I mean, yeah, but you can't seem to get their name out of your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just had to, bro. You like set that one up. <laughs> um, well, I mean, literally, I, I, they are they are coming out of my mouth. They're not coming into it though. Which, like, I guess that they really did to us. Are you trying to day. say that you're trying to uh, birth some Austin fans? That's well, I mean, I mean, if we're being if we're being honest, then they came out of our mouth a little bit the other day. Oh, okay then. I mean, Fedetta blew his load early, but Austin they they did the two timing thing. Did it twice. They went back to back. Yeah, so, but you know, we'll take our medicine and we'll bounce back. Anyway, boys and girls, that's been it. Houston Dynapod Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Finister. And go Dynapod. Albert Delise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's Familiar with Failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people. <laughs>